Welcome to the Life of Christ. This is series 5 and lesson 21. We're mid-year. Uh, we are on page 32 in chapter 18 and we're going to be looking at the peacemakers today. That's the seventh beatitude in Matthew chapter 5 and it says there in verse 9, Blessed are the peacemakers. This is again Jesus preaching. Remember again, he's training up a, a ministry team. Amen. And so he's uh, he's trying to share with them principles that are almost foreign to them because of the way the Pharisees and Sadducees behave and the things that they teach, and they're so law-orientated, whereas Jesus Christ is so much more uh, grounded in his teaching. And you know, he's, he's sharing with us things that have a spiritual, a very strong spiritual connection, but at the same time um, has the application that is required down on the earth. You know, what does God want his people? to do? How does God want His people to behave? Not religion, but God. Amen? Because the Pharisees were very, very good at uh, you know, practicing religion. But until Jesus came, people didn't really know what God wanted. And this is what Jesus is doing. And why He said to Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Amen? And He said that all the words that I speak are coming from the Father, not from me. So, let's take it from that point of view, that what Jesus is sharing here is coming directly from His Father. And He says here in Matthew 5, 9, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Now, I want to I read some... Uh, notes here first, and then I want to share some things with you that you wouldn't have got the last time I taught this, because I have got more revelation. <laughs> okay, alright. First, Leon Morris points out that Jesus refers not to peacekeepers, but to peacemakers. I want you to notice, I, I've underlined those things because there's a difference between keeping the peace and making peace. Do you understand? Alright, people who end hostilities and bring the quarrelsome together. There is something godlike in bringing peace to people and people to peace. So, you know, I think that is very significant in that we need to understand that we not only bring peace to people, so we not only uh, fix a situation around them to bring them to a place of peace, but notice it also says that we bring people to peace. See, you can be living in a peaceful society and still you're not at peace. Do you understand? And so as peacemakers, as the children of God, we have the power to do both things. We have the power both to change the circumstances and bring people to a peaceful place, but also to bring peace, to bring peace into people as well. Amen? Or bring people to peace. And, and that's really the thing that we need to understand. That that's, you know, when you pray for people, you know, the peace that passes all understanding, this is what we're talking about. It's bringing that peace into a person, not just changing their circumstances so that they can live in a peaceful society, but also that they themselves have peace within them. Okay, now we've got it. Alright, he concludes, it is people like this who will be called God's sons or God's children. Notice again it says they shall be called the children of God, not just the sons of God, but the children of God. Amen? Alright, in addition to this, William Hendrickson says that true peacemakers are all those whose leader is the God of peace. That is really significant. I'm going to share something with you about that in a minute. And not just in times of peace, but in the midst of battle. And why the Apostle Paul says in Romans 16.20, The God of peace will soon crush Satan 
under your feet. Now, I really want to share something on this. I didn't have this revelation before, okay? There's a new revelation coming to you. Um, we are the children of God. He is the God of peace. We are children of peace. We need to be children of peace. Okay? Just as much as God is love and we need to be people that love and that personify love. And God is light and that we need to personify that. I need you to understand something. That the, Notice here, He is a God of peace. And as His children, we need to be children of peace as well. That is a really key thing. If we begin to understand that God is a God of peace, and we're His children, then we should be reflecting those qualities in our life. Amen? And so that we become people that are just known for that. Are you all here? And that, I think that is something that is more a revelation that we need to get more than information. But I want to share that with you and I want you to keep that as a thing to meditate upon. That He is a God of peace and we are His children. We are children of God and we need to be children of peace because we are children of God, a God of peace. Hendrickson continues, True peacemakers aspire after peace with all men, proclaim the gospel of peace, and pattern their lives after the prince of peace. There's a lot of peace there. Okay, all right? So I want you to, uh, let, let me reread that again. So true peacemakers aspire after peace with all men. So one of the things that we're always looking for is peace with everyone. You know, we, we're not the sort of people that like um, tension and strife and everything else. That should be something that is so foreign to you and something that you really, you know. We're, okay, let, let's go down this road for a minute. Okay, we know we're not perfect. And I can have all the hands up. Okay, all right. And, <laughs> and you know, there are times because we, in, in that imperfection, things happen. You, you know, we are living in a fallen world and things will go wrong. It's a sad situation, but that's what happens, all right? We don't, we, you know, even though. On the inside, we're perfect. On the outside, we're still working our way towards that salvation. You know, okay, every day. And so, there will be times when, you know, we make mistakes and we do things that aren't ideal. Can I say that? Okay, alright. And so, one of the things that you need to understand is that, even though you might do that, and there is forgiveness for that, we, you know, the, 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 the reason that we are looking for forgiveness is because we are not like that. That is the exception, not the rule. So whenever you find a Christian that that's the rule and not the exception, there's a problem. Because uh, you know, the Prince of Peace is meant to be living on the inside of them. And if they're, you know, if they're always showing something other than a peaceful... And you know, peace means also a serenity there as well. You know, it is, a peace is whatever it, whatever it takes to change the atmosphere from tension to something that is a happy it's kind of an atmosphere. You're here. Amen? And we need to understand that on the inside of us, that's what we should be looking for. It should be always what we're striving for. It should be what we're praying for. And it is something that we should be carrying around with us wherever we go. Have you noticed there are some people that will walk in a room and it'll get tense straight away? There are some people that walk in a room and you want to smile straight away. They're just different. You know, it's, it's funny how you can bring something with you. And you can change the atmosphere of the place by you just being there. 
And you know, that is what is going to cause people to gravitate towards you or walk away from you. you know, if you're carrying strife, they'll back away from you. If you're carrying peace, they'll gravitate towards you. Why? Because they feel safe around you. And then they, take the, then they tell you their whole story. Anyway, their whole life story. <laughs> okay, anyway. Alright. So I've said here again, true peacemakers aspire after peace with all men, proclaim the gospel of peace. Now, I want you to notice it's the gospel of peace. It's not a gospel of God's going to get you, and He's after you, and He's going to test you and try you and try to kill you every chance He gets. It's a gospel of peace. And I, actually, I wish I'd written... Um, oh, no, there it is. <laughs> I did write it. Okay, in 2 Corinthians 5.20, we're going to have a look at that uh, on the next page, if you want to just turn really quickly. He says, Now then, we are ambassadors of Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. That is, you know, it is no longer God against man. We, we are bringing a message of peace to people now. Amen? And this actually comes from somewhere else, and we'll look at that. Uh, yes, uh, yes, Isaiah at the bottom of the page. I'm getting way ahead of myself. Let's get back here for a minute. Okay, <laughs> all right. So, <laughs> so <coughs> we are to proclaim the gospel of peace and pattern our lives after the Prince of Peace. Uh, you know, if we can just look in, if we see into that realm, if we see Jesus Christ as the Prince of Peace, then I think it becomes very easy for us to understand how we are to behave and which direction to go. Amen? In other words, as part of our calling, uh, or excuse me, a part of our calling is to personify peace. With the Apostle Paul saying in Romans 12 and verse 18, If it is possible, as far as it depends on you. Did you see that part? I don't want to read the next part until you get that part first. Because <laughs> okay? you know, some days you go, well, you know, some days you just want to uh, smash something in. Okay, as far as it depends on you. Okay, it, we... We all understand that we are in a body that is not totally redeemed yet. We understand that we're in a world where people like to do bad things and enjoy it some days. <coughs> and so we understand that some days it is very difficult to be your best self. Can I say it that way? Okay, <laughs> alright. But that's the reason why he says here. And I'm, thank God he says this. And I notice he's writing it to who? The Romans. These were a conquering people. So he's saying, listen, okay? He's saying, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, okay? Live at peace with everyone. Amen? Now, that's only possible if people allow you to live at peace with them. Like I said before, you can love at a distance, and some days you need to do that. Living at peace doesn't necessarily mean, let me say this now, doesn't necessarily mean you have to make peace with everyone, because some people won't allow you to do that. Do you all get this? Okay. So that's where you need to understand that you can live in peace, even though somebody may not be at peace with you. That is their choice. That is their sin. You need to leave that alone. Are you all here? Amen? Okay. And don't feel bad about it. See, okay. <laughs> One more thing. <laughs> okay. One of the things that the devil does is he comes, he comes at you, and a lot of religious preachers preach this stuff. They'll come at you with, well, if you're not making peace with everybody, you're, you know, you're still sinning. And, you know, they put it on you to change somebody else's mind when God himself says he won't transgress anybody's will. That's right. 
If he can't transgress their will, neither can you. If they will to be horrible to you, and they will not change, hence the will, okay? okay? Okay, you need to understand that as long as you're at peace with them, that's all that matters. That's your responsibility is to be at peace. Their responsibility is to do the same. If they're not doing their part, doesn't mean that because they are being stubborn, you don't get blessed. And you are in a bad position. You are not. Amen? Okay. Now I'll move on. All right. (laughs) Now, in addition to living in peace, there's also another aspect of being a peacemaker, and that is brought out in Romans chapter 5 and verse 1, which says again, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. This is a huge thing. All right. So not only are we peacemakers on this earth with other people, we also have peace with God. Um, this is, I think this is where some of the biggest problems are. A lot of people out there are, you know, people with perse- persecution complexes, you know, with that mentality of God wants to test me and try me, they don't, ha- they don't know this. They don't realize that God is at peace with them. Alright? Because a, a God that's at peace with someone won't test you and try you. Do you all understand? Okay? Th- that comes from something else. And, you know, it is... Have you all noticed, however, I can do this because we're in Bible college. <laughs> Have you all noticed they always bring up Job? Have you noticed that's, that's the key thing they'll bring up when it comes to suffering? Have you all noticed that? And what do they um, quote when they talk about Job? There was not another righteous man like him in all the earth, so to speak. Okay, He was a righteous dude. You know what I'm trying to say? And still, all these bad things happened to him. So if a righteous dude can have all these bad things happen to him, well, then we know that God te- allows testing and trying and, and does stuff like that to people. Do you know what it doesn't say? He's not a dude full of faith. You can be righteous. See, see that. Do you know what? <laughs> do you know what Job is actually? If people actually see it for what it is, it is incredible. Job tells us that good deeds don't get you that far. Good deeds are important, and they are the the door that opens. Excuse me, the thing that opens the door for God to bless you. But if you don't walk by faith, God is not pleased. You can be right. There's another problem as well with Job. You can become self-righteous. Do you understand? And you can get to the place where you say, Well, God, I am so good. Nothing bad should happen to me. Do you all hear what I'm saying? Okay. That's not what stops the bad things coming against you. Everything we do is by faith. We live and have our lives sustained by faith. Remember that? Okay? Which tells us something, that the faith is the, the force that comes against whatever attacks the enemy brings against you. Your righteousness keeps the door open for God to bless you, but it is your faith that will, will form the shield. Remember, the, take, above all, taking the shield of faith. Whereby you may what? Quench all the fiery darts, all the attacks of the enemy. You're with me. Not one time in Job do you see faith. That's right. You see faithfulness, but faith is a whole other thing. 
We all need to get this family. And you know, this is where, this is another thing that we need to understand. That's why good people don't do well sometimes. And we think, and see this is the big mistake we make. Alright, we say, oh but they were such a good person, how come a bad thing happened to them? And then we bring Job in. Can I also say something else about Job? I don't know, but I have this issue with Job because the way people use it, because of the lack of understanding, it makes Job look like the hero and God look like the bad guy. I don't know, I'm, I'm just saying, that's how it looks to me. Alright, and everybody goes, poor old Job. How could God do something like that to him? Seriously. And so God gets a black eye. Because we still don't have this understanding. I'm telling you this now. We still don't have this understanding that we have been made right with God. There is a peace between us and God. And let me say something else. In Job's time, they didn't have the New Testament. We have a new covenant built on better promises. Are you all here? So we all don't know what covenant Job had with God either. So we need to be careful how we apply something. Job is meant to be the oldest book in the Bible. Not Genesis. Genesis goes back further. Okay, in, in, in what it relates to us. But Job is a book that's older than even Gen- Like that, the books, the, the Pentateuch, you know what Moses wrote, okay? It's even older. It's meant to be the oldest book there. So, in looking at that, we kind of don't know where Job was with covenants. And what he knew about God. And did he know anything about God? And the only thing that we see about him is, and the, the thing that the Bible says about him is his patience. The patience of Job, okay, alright? That he was a righteous person, and he had a great deal of patience. You know, you, you need to be good and patient when you don't know anything else. Hello? And by the way, towards the end of Job, you'll find that he actually says, I was wrong about everything, which is kind of interesting. Anyway, I'm not going to go there today. But the, the thing that I want to bring out here, is that we need to understand, this whole idea of peace, it's not just with man, but it's with God as well. And if we get a revelation that we have peace with God, and God is at peace with us, then we won't allow things to get into our life, that, that causes, you know, as Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, destroy. That causes destruction in our life. And then we don't fall into the category of my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Are you all here? Amen? So this is a very important lesson, <laughs> okay? I, it, you might think, oh, peace, you know, a big deal. Hey, it's a big deal. It's a big deal if you understand that if there's anything that is coming against your peace, it's not coming from God. Because He is a God of peace. Do you understand? And so you do everything to come against those things, understanding that He is behind you, not behind it. (laughs) Okay? Did you get that? Okay, let's move on. Alright. I told you I'll give you some new stuff. So I was going to race through all of this, but is this okay? Because I just, you know... This is okay. Alright. So this verse shows us 
that peacemakers must be mature Christians, ambassadors for Christ. And notice that, that as well. This is something, there's another key thing here. That Notice he says, now then we are ambassadors of Christ. There's a point in time when Colossians, I think, calls us citizens. But this calls us ambassadors. There's a difference between being a citizen and an ambassador. An ambassador is somebody that represents a country, represents you know, a nation. And we represent heaven. Do you understand? We represent Christ. We are ambassadors. Notice it says we are ambassadors for Christ. So the way we talk and the way we behave and the way we conduct ourselves lets everybody know what Christ is like. So can we be careful? <laughs> okay. Before we go advertise to everybody we're Christian, check that you're in a good mood. I'm just saying that, okay? Let's not be ambassadors that are bad, that you want to leave them and bomb them with the country and get rid of them and say, oh, look, an ambassador died, let's put a new one, okay? We don't, okay? Because it's one thing, and whenever, you know, it's an interesting thing, ambassadors, it's an interesting thing, if ever one country declares war on another country, the first thing that they do is they pull the ambassador out. That is the first sign of there's a huge problem about to descend upon this place. If the ambassador is taken away. Because no matter how horrible the ambassador is, the country will put, they'll discipline them. <laughs> they'll, they'll take the ambassador out before they come and blow everybody up. Hello. Okay. Which is also why, jumping tracks for just a second, the reason we know that we are going to be raptured before God's wrath hits the earth. Because this verse tells us we are ambassadors. And he's going to not leave us down here and bomb us with the enemy. Amen? Amen. So when we get taken up, they're in trouble. That's when they go, oops, something bad's about to happen. All the ambassadors are gone. This is not good anymore. Amen? That's when heaven declares war on earth. Anyway, okay, on the devil. Alright, so he says, and now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. Notice, as though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. You know, the, the message that we bring to people is that God really, really wants you saved. Because what they need to understand, and you know, let me just go beyond salvation. That God really wants them blessed. That God wants to look after their family. That God wants to love them and take care of them. And that's, why, that's the reason why they need to give them a little bit of time. Are you all here? Amen? Okay. So this verse shows us that peacemakers must be, again, mature Christ- Christians, ambassadors for Christ, rich in wisdom, insight, and understanding of God and His Word. Can I say that part again? We need to be rich in wisdom, insight, and understanding both of God and His Word. Okay? So we need to understand God, and we need to understand His Word. See, people that don't understand God's Word, or God, let me say it again. People that don't understand God, don't really understand His Word. If they think God is doing bad things, then they will find those things in His Word, and that's what they're going to preach. But if they begin to understand God the way He truly is, I've always said this, you know, the moment that you get to heaven, the moment that you stand before God, and you look into His eyes, and you look into that glory, and you look into that love, and you look into that light, you'll suddenly realize all the things that you thought were wrong about Him was wrong. All the things that you thought He did to you, they won't exist. So the, the only thing that will happen to you is you go, I'm sorry God. <laughs> you know? So I want to keep that to a minimum when I get there. 
I know there are some Christians that are going to take a long time before they get away from that. Because of all the stuff that they've said about God, that we have stood and said, that's not God, that's not the way God is, and they've argued with us. I always wonder why people argue to make God look bad. Always have issue with that too. Anyway, all right. And then they say, well, it's in the Word. Are you all here? But can I say this? The reason that we, you know, call this full life was because that was the dividing line. Jesus Christ came and said, you guys actually don't understand God. Which then tells me something, that everything that we thought about God in the Old Testament, everything that people wrote and translated out of the Hebrew into the English, got something wrong somewhere because the English versions are terrible. And what do we base our theology on? English versions. It's very sad. You know what I'm trying to say? And so, you know, that's why Jesus had to come and say, and obviously there was a problem, because he had to say, listen, it is the thief that does all of this stuff. Kills, steals, destroys. He said, I've come to give you life, and life more abundantly. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And by extension, understand that every good and perfect gift comes from Him, and whatever else has been coming into your life hasn't been coming from Him, although you've been blaming Him. And misunderstanding what's been actually going on. Are you all with me? Amen? If I had time, I'd really go deal with that, but I don't have time. Anyway, okay. (laughs) Half of me wants to. All right, so, uh, in in fact, William McDonald says that peacemakers are those who actively intervene to make peace. Did you get that? Those who actively intervene to make peace. He goes on to say that the natural approach is to watch strife from, from the sidelines. The divine approach is to take positive action toward creating peace, even if it means taking abuse. That takes maturity. Now, this, this, this is where you really need to be led by the Spirit. Okay? Because some people... See, there are some people that want to change. And, there, and there's an anger in them. Because of something that has happened before. And if you're there, they'll lash out at you. Do you understand? And, but the, the key is this. If they feel bad for lashing out at you, there's hope for redemption. Did you get that? And only God knows that. So if He leads you to someone that does that, understand that God has seen them repenting in the background. That God has seen them sorry for what they did. That's why there's a hope for you to get in there and change them. Do you understand? If they abuse you and they are not repentant over it, that's when you won't be led to go back, even though you might feel like you want to go back in there and you've got a few things to say. (laughs) You're not about winning battles. Listen to me. You're about bringing peace. And if you can't do something in peace and they're not allowing that to happen because of an unrepentant attitude, then leave it alone. You don't have to win battles. Okay? You need to understand that in doing God's word, or doing God's work, okay, that you're pleasing God and that's all that matters. He doesn't, you know, he's not keeping a score up there. Oh, yeah, missed that one. No, okay, you, yeah. <laughs> okay, you know, there's another X next to your name. It's not like that. He'll lead you to people, and, you know, some people, there might be a spark there, but he needs to give them a chance. And sad to say, you're the one that's going to go find out whether they're going to do, go this way or that way. Remember, people have wills. 
they can decide. They can either soften their heart or they can harden their heart. And once they've encountered you, and if they harden their heart, don't be surprised if God doesn't lead you back that way. And no matter how much you want to go back, it never happens. Don't also be surprised if the other side happens, where you think, that's it, I'm never going there again, and you run into them. And you run into them. And you run into them. Uh, Hello, maybe something is up. Pray over it, because the devil can do the same thing. Okay, that's why those who are led by the Spirit, not by circumstances, those are the children of God. Amen? Amen. Okay, oh goodness. Uh, (laughs) We might have to stop there, because that's... that's, I didn't get very far, did I? I'm sorry. Um, let Let me introduce this. Uh, with the next statement, and we'll come back after the break. I've said that what's also interesting is that uh, this is the quality that follows purity of heart, which is what is necessary to not only share the gospel of peace effectively with people, but also bring them into a loving, peaceful relationship with God. You need to have a pure heart. Can I put it another way? You need to have pure motives in everything that you do. It isn't about you having notches on your belt, and that's six, this, you know, this week or whatever. It's not about that. It's a pure heart. Amen? And with pure motives, then you know God's behind you. And also, you know you don't have to win battles to prove anything to yourself. Amen? And when, say, when God says enough, you go, okay. And don't feel bad about it. Amen? Let's take a break and come back and continue on.